Welcome to Two Side Outdoors. Your hunting, camping, fishing, survival techniques, and everything outdoors. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. So, today I got a special guest. He's one of our human locals that he runs a, his own bait shop and basically makes all sorts of different lures. Um, let me go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hey guys, my name's Carl Beach. My uh, soft plastic bait company is called CNC Bait Co. Um, the CNC stands for Carl and Chris. Chris is my son. Um, we started this about three years ago. Started making baits about just over three years ago now. That's that's pretty awesome. This normally me so I fish mainly like catfish and trout whenever because I'm actually from California okay. so out there is more different species yeah fish different here. species fish there's more trout in, in a lot of the local lakes and um, catfish there was a lot of bass and stuff but it's just like I never really got the hang of bass fishing that much oh we can change that <laughs> um, I'm kind of actually excited for that right there though right on <laughs> um, I think you're starting with the right bait company I will probably spoil you with these baits because they do tend to catch more bass than your major leading brands um, that's some major smoke blowing right there but uh, if you talk to the locals and a lot of people cross country that are using these baits you're going to find it to be pretty damn true um, and I attribute that to a few different things uh, the design of the worm gives it great action uh, the materials I use give it a good consistency to where you can fish and fish and fish and catch multiple mm -hmm. fish per worm um, and one of the locals has caught a record nine fish off of one single worm alone oh, wow. before having to trade that worm out. That's cool. <laughs> and then, uh, then the attractants that I put in it. Um, what I put in it, I think, is the major number one issue of uh, why these baits catch so much fish, catch so many fish, is because of what I'm actually doing inside that chemical. Oh no, yeah. If you put a certain additive to it or something like that, it'll, absolutely. The scent that get, that it gives off fish smell that absolutely and i've been calling that my donkey sauce like if you go on my website i seen yeah, you'll, you'll like see that, yeah. that uh, <laughs> um send them with our special donkey donkey sauce so that's just a tribulation of different items that i'm putting in there to give it that smell oh yeah that, that's cool so what made you decide to come out with like a bait company <sighs> i thought i could do it better that's probably the number one answer i can say whether it was a worm or a flipping bait or a swim bait, um, I thought I could do it better. I got myself a mold and um, started experimenting with colors, scents, and everything else. And um, I think I've accomplished what I originally set out to do, and that was catch more fish. So mm -hmm. after I started, after I started catching just tons of fish, I thought I could go somewhere with it. So I started actually marketing my worm which is what I first started out with was the worm and then I think I had my two bait or maybe the two bait was mm -hmm. first that I designed um, all of my drawings are up there on the wall right there yeah I hand you my baits out and I took them to a local machinist to have them have them made and uh, I still have probably five more baits right now that I need to get CNC'd out mm -hmm. um, but I have more baits to come still it's you know it's not a one pony show I've got, I think, six baits right now, or five baits, and um, I'm looking to add to that, but uh, it's major capital. Oh, no, yeah. 
Uh, I, I still think this is pretty cool. It's just the whole operation of it. It's just I'm always seeing guys on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff always mm -hmm. post the different like color variations yeah. of, of baits and stuff. I'm just like these are awesome. I think one of the biggest things is I've never been real artistic. I've never been real original mm -hmm. you know i spent 25 years as a harley mechanic with my own shop and i could fix anything but i was never good at inventing things with this with making baits i've got a whole shelf of colors over there and i don't think mm -hmm. i have a single bait that is just one color yeah all of them are at least one or two colors in it so i get to mix and create and i've never been able to do that before so you know i, I come out with these colors i go out and test them if they catch fish i market them um, I've definitely had colors that didn't produce as well as others that I, that yeah. I put on the shelf and didn't uh, just never marketed to anybody. And um, that's part of the trial and error of the business. Oh, no, yeah. You know? You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. And what you do is you get back on that horse and you ride it again. Get up, <laughs> get up and keep going. Yes, sir. Basically. Um, I know it's like lately, out of a few times, most of the times that I go out, Sometimes I'll I'll catch something at least like a bluegill or something like that if mm -hmm. I'm catching bait for for catfish. Right. Um, anytime I go out with my wife, she tends to not catch anything. You got to put her on the right bait. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like sometimes we'll go out using stink bait for some channel cats. Mm-hmm. Nothing. She doesn't get bit. Nothing. Oh wow! And you do. <laughs> Have you ever let her pull one of yours in? Not yet. I did that with my son with a 42 pounder catfish. And uh, I had already caught, I think, a 46 that night, and another small, I think under 10 pounds, and I hooked into another big one, and I think he was 13 at the time, and I let him reel that thing in, and uh, you know, he was instantly hooked, but he, he was the same way. He could never get a catfish on the line when we'd go catfishing. <laughs> We've got a good hole where that produces some big fish, and he knows they're there. Um, other people know two of those, bro. No, yeah. There's no <laughs> secret holes here in town. <laughs> no, that's one thing that... Like I've been told, it's like yeah, people. Some people have their little honey holes and stuff, and then there's others that everyone fishes that spot and knows that spot. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, a lot of people don't want to give up the places where they catch fish, and uh, boy, I see it. You know, I'm teaching people to fish. I'm putting yeah. people on fish. This whole river's loaded. Yeah. There, there's no secret spots anymore. You know, somebody always knows mm -hmm. the same spot as you do. So why not help one another? You know, that's, that's what no, I love. like if you know that spot, why not just give them some tips for that spot? Right, really? you could, you could. But that's what I love about being in the position where I'm at is because I'm putting people on fish. I can tell them where to go. I can tell them how to fish it. Mm -hmm. And then go out there and actually do it now. You know, you can tell anybody to put a lure in the water and reel your, reel your handle in. But at the same time, you're not telling the technique, how to do it, the no. proper water temperatures. I have no problem teaching people what I know. And I've taught a lot of people around here to catch fish like I do and uh, it makes me feel good. I give out a lot of free baits. I'm trying to put people on fish, get their children out fishing because that's well, really where the future like, is. With like the little goodie bag that you gave me. Mm -hmm. So it's like that right there. I'm going to be able to tell people once I catch some fish off those, this stuff works. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> get your right. name out there more. And that's why I love giving baits away because you know it doesn't cost much to make a bag of baits. I do make profit on it of course because that's why I'm in business. But it's all about teaching people to fish, putting them on fish, and, and like you said, you're going to go out, you're going to catch fish on these baits, you're going to post the pictures up, and people are going to see it. Yeah. That's marketing for me. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. And that's one thing that I like to do. It's like, I know with the other guys that I've been doing some podcasts with, 
they're all part of the 928 Flathead Boys. Oh, okay. Group. Yeah, Joseph Lugo's and, group. Yep, Joseph yep. Lugo's group. And then he's also like a tackle dealer as well. Right. For Whisker Seeker. Nice. And so it's like, well, I'm helping him out by getting some more people there. Exactly just right. So, right. I think that's a good, something me and Joseph could get together on and see how uh, we could work together. And this is both though. Mm hmm. This is a good guy from my understanding. I don't know that we've ever met, but. I'm on his 928 page too, and I know we're friends on Facebook. So, no, yeah, he's real, real cool guy. Yeah, he's, we get he's helped me out, lots of tips and stuff on how to get these flathead catfish, and which it was probably maybe about a month ago that I got my first. Nice, and nice. It was a little, little eight pounder. So nice. nice. I didn't weigh mine yesterday, but fishing the ball drop for him, I caught that catfish, and I think I said on the video it was eight pounds, but uh, he was somewhere between eight and twelve with me. It's pretty good fish. It was a pretty good sized fish. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I thought I had a donkey bass on there for a minute. <laughs> oh, that was like my nephew on Saturday. We had went did the Yuma River float thing, mm -hmm. and um, we were right there just on one of the sandbars, just pulling out bluegills left and right. Nice, because we we take our poles yeah. with us when we float. My last float trip I did too. <laughs> and we were pulling out bluegills left and right, and then he put a couple pieces of corn on there, tossed it out, and he had a pretty carp. good sized carp on there. Oh, I put bet. up a good fight, but once he got it within like probably a couple feet of him thing broke off snapped. didn't so, snap um, actually the, the hook came out oh, or something wow. yeah ah, heartbreaking for yeah, no me. no he was he was, he was just like, like oh. nice nice <laughs> well i love taking the kids fishing i have two grandchildren that go um just about every weekend with me and uh they're the future of this company they know mm -hmm. when they grow up this will be in their hands um it's partially what i created it for something to hand down to my family and uh they're they're at this point five and seven years old they've been involved for the last three years since i've started oh that's cool every portion from the manufacturing to the packaging to even designing both grandkids have created their own color swim baits which are hanging on the wall over there and uh proceeds proceeds from their sales go into a savings account for them oh that's awesome so i'm hoping that by the time they're 18 um i'll really have a legacy to hand to them no yeah that, that's pretty cool that you let them put their little hands in it and anything that's not dangerous no yeah. um, you can see these little gloves right there in front of you the tan <laughs> ones we just got those for my grandson and i just got some stone molds and a miniature um shooting gun mm -hmm. and i started teaching him this this last weekend the actual art of shooting into the molds so he's he's hands-on with the dangerous part of it now you know, that that chemical comes out of there at 350 oh, degrees no, yeah, at a minimum. Oh, no, you got to heat that up pretty, yes, sir. pretty hot, yeah. Yes, sir. It's, it's a minimum 350 degrees, and he's shooting it now. He just created his own bag of baits, which is hanging on the wall over there, which I'll show you in a minute. Okay. Um, but he shot all those baits himself this weekend. So, seven years old, he's making baits already and designing baits. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so, like... I guess, how long have you been fishing? Since you can remember, basically. Since you were a kid? Since? Since I was a kid, definitely. Um, there's a picture of me when I was about three or four years old, identical to that one there, holding mm -hmm. up a string of blue, bluegill. That same day, I wound up walking into a tick's nest oh, and, and in the middle of the woods with my parents and wound up in the emergency room. But I can remember catching a whole stringer full of bluegill that we took home. Mm -hmm. And then the first time I took my four-year-old son fishing out on the boat, that was his catch for the day. And we took the same picture. Oh, that's so awesome. I've been fishing my whole life. My mom was my, my fishing partner growing up. Um, hi, Mom. She, uh, 
she took me out on the river all the time. When I go spend the weekends with her, we'd go camp along the Shenandoah or the James River, and uh, we'd spend a weekend or a week out there at times. Mm -hmm. We'd go to town and pick up just basic essentials like uh, eggs and milk and live off the land. Oh, yeah. You know? So she was my fishing partner. My dad and I fished too, but uh, um, she was my main partner growing up, and uh, I'm getting ready to get her out here and teach her our ways of fishing out here now. Now, where, where are you from, actually? I'm from Manassas, Virginia, just oh, wow. uh, right outside of uh, Washington, D.C., actually. So the Shenandoah was my main river back there, and then um, back up was the James River. That's cool. Yeah, different waters there, too. Different style of fishing, though, too. Absolutely. <laughs> you got deep water, and then you got a shallow river. And it's, you know, out on that Shenandoah, I remember the guy that taught me to fish that river taught me a term, two cripple crumps and a crank, which was <laughs> a technique he used for casting out a broken back Rapala. Mm -hmm. He'd throw the lure out there, he'd let it sit, and then he'd twitch it twice. He'd reel it in, twitch it again, and reel it in. And he called it two cripple crumps and a crank. And I've used that term for 45 <laughs> years now. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So when I teach people to fish and I say two cripple crumps and a crank, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, see, it's like for me out there in California, it was totally different. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> um, totally different just because... The way the fish are out there, I could throw sometimes just like a tiny, tiny little piece of worm for like a bluegill or something like right. that, and pull it out left and right. Right. Here, I'm using worm, I'm using corn, I'm using bread, all sorts of different things, and some of it they're not even taking it. Right. Right. My nephew the other day he pulled one out just on the swivel. I have told, or I, I have been told that if you can catch bass successfully here in Arizona, you can go anywhere in the country and catch bass. I don't know why it's a tougher state of fishing here. But I think the rewards are higher than other states. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm on all sorts of forums and, and sites across the country, and uh, we've got what I consider one of the best fisheries around. And I think Arizona is extremely underrated in that factor. Oh, I hear that a lot lately. You, that? you hear California, Texas, Florida for the big fish states. Mm -hmm. You don't hear about Arizona, but how many 10-pounders come out of this water every year? You know? We get a lot of 10-pounders. I've, I've heard quite a few. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few. Well, we get a good amount of 10-pounders coming out. And then um, you get a lot of eight pluses too. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got guys out here on this river that are just slaying big bass, yeah. absolutely slaying them, and um, they've got their techniques down. Yeah, you know, so it's like one of the other guys that's here in town. Um, I don't know if you've seen him on the Yuma fishing forum. Um, bass, bass pool. Bass pool. Yeah. He was just here. We just fished together last week, actually. Oh yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, He's a good dude. He's I catching them all a, over. A box full of. Nothing but all the plastics mm -hmm. that I had bought from, what was it, like Mystery Tackle Box or, oh, yeah. or something online. They sell like a bulk box of mm -hmm. stuff, and I just sold it to them for like 10 bucks. I was nice. like, yeah, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> nice. Well, I have found that since I started making baits, I stopped buying tackle. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't just shown you my tackle collection here yet. It's all behind closed doors and whatnot. But I stopped using all that stuff when I started catching on my baits. So mm -hmm. I've saved myself a ton of money by not buying all of this stuff anymore mm -hmm. and um, concentrating on putting more fish in the boat using my own. Yeah. And I've saved a lot of money in that, in that factor. Um, but I've met people that tell me now all they fish with is my baits <laughs> because they know they're going to catch a fish. Yeah. You know, and that's a great feeling. There's been some very generous people in this town that have thrown me up on the forum, um, posting me and mm -hmm. certain actions and... The biggest thing is I'm wanting people to learn to catch fish and yeah. teach their kids. You know, um, 
there's a lot of things in this town. There's a lot of great things for these children. I really do believe getting them outdoors is going to solve a lot of issues that are going on. Oh, no, I, I believe that, too, because, like, kids nowadays, they're all glued to their phones most of the time. They are, they are. And it's like, once you get them outside and you let them learn like that, outside-wise, absolutely, they, they learn those life lessons for whatever they're doing, and they keep that for the rest of their life. Right, right. You know, I'm from the South. Maybe things are a little different there. Maybe it was a different time generation growing up. I think that too, yeah. I think that too, but you know, people talk to me a little different. I'm from the South, and I try to te- treat other people different too. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them comment about that. It's just, it's my upbringing. You know, part of that was yeah. my mom keeping me in the outdoors, keeping me natural. Um, you know, live off the land. Yeah. Pack out what you pack in. Mm-hmm. That whole concept of life is still with me. And then... You know, you had the United States Marine Corps on top of that. I mean, my values are up there, and I'm looking to spread those values. Yeah. No. <laughs> well said. <laughs> um, so, besides your brand, is there any other brands that you would recommend? Well, for quite a few years, I fished the Yamamoto brand worms. Um, it's a great bait. There's nothing wrong with that, that bait there. No, yeah. Um, but I feel I can make it better, and I think I have. You know, there's there's more fish per bait that lasts longer um, and doesn't rip as easily. Well, what about, like, some hook brands or anything like that that you would recommend? I use the owner brand. Um, all of my baits have an owner hook to go with them. I'm an owner dealer, so I do carry those hooks on site here in the barn and offer them on my website. Um, but, you know, you'll see a trocar hanging yeah. up. You'll see a gamagatsu hanging up. Um, owner is my personal number one brand now. Um, I do have certain baits where I stick to, like the Spro Poppin' Frogs. I'm religious about those. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Spro right there that's no longer made. That frog is no longer made anymore. Um, so I keep collections. I collect no, fishing cool. baits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I love I love my Spro Frogs. I love my Cigar line and uh, my Lose Reels. <laughs> those are pretty much the brands I stick to. Uh, Lose is pretty good. Yeah, I've got 21 of the darn things. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What else? What? Do you do a lot of... Um, whoa. You're good. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> um, you like doing like CPR or catch and keep for some things? Um... I'm about 95% catch and release. I let that catfish go yesterday. Um, I do like keeping a certain size catfish. I've caught big ones and kept them. Mm-hmm. I've caught little ones and kept them. Um, those are in the past. Um, the big breeders, I want to put back in the water. Now. Oh, yeah. That's that's a definite for me, too. <laughs> you know, my, my, I'm, I'm guilty of catching and keeping a couple big ones, a couple 40s and 50. But... Uh, now I'm pretty much releasing those. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to keep a six to eight pounder to make make a taco out of here and there, and uh, yeah. the rest can go back in. <laughs> as far as my bass goes, yeah, they're all catch and release. If I catch one and pull the intestines out, and he's not going to make it, you know. No, yeah, the ones that swallow the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, when when you get the ones that aren't going to make it, you, you you do the better thing and you just fry them up. Makes sense. <laughs> um, your favorite species to catch? Smallmouth. Smallmouth? Absolutely. 
they put, I think they put up a better fight. I wish we had better waters for them here in Yuma. Um, I see a lot of people catching them on like the canals. The canals are great for yeah. them. The river, I've, my biggest smallmouth out of the river was a four and a half pounder. Um, that was the last year I fished the rod and gun club, and I put them up as my board fish. Mm -hmm. Left them up all year long, a four and a half pound smallmouth. Um, previous years before, I had three eight and a halfs actually, but uh, I wanted to keep that smallmouth up there because it's just not many are caught here. Mm -hmm. Not many big ones like that. So yeah, the smallmouth's definitely a favorite species to fish. That's cool. <laughs> um, you have a crazy fishing story? To have a crazy fishing story. Something that like, put up a crazy fight and had you doing <laughs> something or maybe a couple stories when I lived in Lake Havasu. <laughs> <laughs> when I had a Nitro TF one sixty when I lived up there, Rick Clone edition and uh I used to go out fishing for the day, and when the fishing was not that good, we'd go to the channel and hang out all day. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with Lake Havasu and hanging out in the channel, it was just flat-out debauchery back then. Oh, um, I hear stories from now. It's like it still gets kind of crazy. <laughs> it does get crazy, but they, they put a big slap down on it when I lived there about the girls exposing themselves and finding them and mm -hmm. making them register as sex offenders and all that. And I, I think that's above and beyond, but... Um, you know, they got to keep it clean, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's some crazy stories that I'm not going to get into on a microphone here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, more crazy stories like, say, fishing-wise. Fishing yeah. I would probably say that the, the 12-2 that I caught years ago um, out of a float tube right below Laguna Dam. Oh, wow. Um, my buddy and I were out there fishing, and I was in my float tube with uh, kickers on, and he was in my little bullet raft. And it was probably about three quarters of a mile below Laguna Dam on the Cali side. I flipped into uh, an odd shape brush pile, basically. Mm -hmm. That was right on the edge. It looked like the water had made a wave out of the toolies yeah. wave when the water like was higher. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I flipped into the bottom of that with a pegged uh, chartreuse zipper worm. And um, I thought I had a stump. I thought I caught a stump. And. Um, River's flowing pretty good, and I'm starting to move past it as much as I'm trying to stay with it so I didn't snap my line. Well, as I moved directly below it, my line moved out from the edge of the bank, and that thing started pulling. Oh, man. It pulled me upriver for probably 30 minutes in my float tube. 30 minutes. And uh, when he surfaced and I saw the mouth on this fish, I, I just screamed. It, it could have swallowed a basketball. It was a 12.2-pound largemouth. We registered it at Mitch's. Um, we took it to the old man mm -hmm. that used to own the bar in Bard. There used to be a bar on that side. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to call him Skeeter. So we took it in there. He says, you might have a state record there, which I didn't, I didn't know at the time what the state record was, and it did not register. But it was in the top 10 of the state that year, back in 97, I think. And uh, it was a 12.2-pound largemouth bass. That was probably my craziest story fishing because... Uh, I didn't believe it was a bass at first, and <laughs> the way that thing pulled me up river in that current was just unbelievable. No, yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. It was a monster fish, and I remember the rod and reel I caught that on. It was a, it was a Bill Dance Quantum combo that's still sitting in that corner right there, and uh, I still keep that rod and reel on hand. And say, actually, I just got one of those recently from a buddy of mine. Yeah? It was one of those Bill Dance um, baitcaster. Nice, nice. I, I still Quantum have, combo, yeah. I still have a couple of them from back in the day. Those classic 50s, $50 combos were uh, quite a good deal back mm -hmm. then. Now they just don't put out the same quality for the price anymore. 
Oh, yeah, for me, my craziest, I don't know if you can see that little scar that's right yeah, there on my yep, knee. Yep. Channel cat. Right Poked through the knee. Yep. Poked you? Yeah. No way. I was up in California near in on Lake Isabella. Uh-huh. And um, I had swam across this cove area where we were hanging out for the day. Swam across, had a had my line and everything with my or I swam across with my reel and everything. Uh-huh. And um, got out there. Thank you. And put a little thing. I think I had a nightcrawler on there. Casted it out. Caught something. Brought it up. All the excitement, adrenaline, and everything. Catching a fish. Holding it up. My line snapped as I was holding it. And the fish went. No. Right out the other side of your knee? So it went through my swim shorts that I had on. Through my knee. Out my knee. And out my shorts again. No. Yeah. Did you yank it out or did you cut it? Oh, I couldn't pull it out. It was because of the barbs. Yeah, because of the barbs. So then, luckily, there had, happened to be another guy that was coming by on a float tube in the same little area. Uh huh. And like my whole family are seeing it, and I have the fish sitting there flopping on my knee. Blood pouring <laughs> out. Nice. And this guy comes over, he hands me his pliers, and cut it off, and I pulled it through. That's all you can do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Blood makes the grass grow, brother. But yeah, a little scar there from catfish. Nice. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Well, I caught a bass about two summers ago. My wife and I were camping out at Senator's Wash, and I'm in the water, somewhere between waist and chest deep, and I'm throwing back at the bank line with a Spro Poppin' Pro, mm -hmm. and um, had one blow up on it, and I reeled it in, and uh, he still had a metal stringer hanging out of his mouth, a rusty <laughs> stringer hanging out of his mouth. I took a picture of it, threw it up on my Instagram. Escaped someone. <laughs> yeah, well, I pulled the frog out of his mouth first, and then, you know, I took a couple pictures of everything. But I pulled the frog out, and then I took the uh, took that that you know those clip-on stringers, yeah. the metal ones. That poor bent guy. What I think happened was somebody left it on a stringer and forgot about it because mm -hmm. the end of the chain was just rusted to pieces. Yeah. So that guy got a second chance at life. <laughs> oh, actually, I got to tell you about something that just happened yeah. on, on Saturday. So we had brought one of those um, baskets and stuff that you can put your fish in. Yeah. And while keep mm -hmm. alive while, while so we did yeah, that while tank. we were floating and um we had it strapped on to my nephew's float tube that he brought mm -hmm. not like the regular inflatable it was a float tube right he had his little flippers and everything or no my dad had the flippers he didn't have flippers but the velcro came off at one point mm -hmm. so there's a bluegill on the river right now somewhere <laughs> that's inside that little oh, thing <laughs> oh poor guy uh oh somebody will see him set it free <laughs> He's still in the minnow tank? Yeah, he's still in that thing. Ah, somebody will find it. They'll let him go. Well, we were all bummed out about that. Uh, <laughs> now there's always good fish stories. That's part of making memories. And that's, that's to me, why it's so important to get the children out there fishing. Oh, um, no, make yeah. Make memories with them. You know, I'm, I'm a parent and a grandparent. And my kids were raised fishing. And um, my grandkids, they love the outdoors. They love fishing. They love being out in the water. And, you know, humans a good place to do that. Let's see, that's one thing. So I've been here probably about eight months, nine months now. Mm -hmm. Just recently moved out here. Wow. And um, so far, I love it just because of the fishing, really. That's what brought me back. Um, I was stationed here in 94 to 98. The wife and family and I moved to Havasu and to Phoenix. And uh, then we had grandchildren. And the grandchildren were here in Yuma. And um, the grandchildren was the number one reason brought me back here. But if it mm -hmm. wasn't for the fishing, it would never. I would never move back. Fishing is what, what essentially yeah. brought me back here. 
Oh, yeah. Sure. It's like for us, my father-in-law, he lives out here. And we'd come out here once a year to just do the float, basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're good if you do it on. <laughs> Cracking a crush. <laughs> Sometimes it's like I'll sit there and I'll do the same thing. It's just go like this and just, and just hear it. <laughs> nice. Just to hear it. It's not beer. Nope, not beer. That's all I drink is orange crush and orange powder. Gotta have it. Oh yeah, orange soda's pretty good. Um, there's one of those koozies in that bag for you there. So yeah, let's check that out. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like we come out here. We would come out here every year just to do the float, and each time I'd buy my fishing license and bring a pole and basically fish while we float. While we're there, you know you can purchase my baits at Arizona Game and Fish right down the road, correct? I think I seen those one of the last times that I went because normally I just buy it online. But absolutely, I have. Uh, you can purchase my baits on my website. Um, I seen they're on Facebook Marketplace and everything as well. I've got a small store on Marketplace. I need to add the rest of my baits to it, but uh, Facebook's been a pain to deal with. Um, you can purchase the baits here here at the barn. Just call for an appointment. They used to be open nonstop. Um, but because of my work schedule, it's limited hours now. Mm -hmm. uh, you can purchase them at Fortuna Hills Liquor right around the corner from here. You can purchase them at Arizona Game and Fish. If you're in Kentucky, you can purchase them at uh, Kurt Singer's Sports Outfitters right there in Danville. Um, I love that store. It's one of the best sporting goods store I've ever been in. So if you're in Kentucky, stop and check them out. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and you... They may be empty on inventory right now, but you can typically buy these baits right there at the gas shack at uh, Fisher's Landing, too. Okay. Let's say I've actually never gone up that way. I've only stayed mainly in town, and probably the farthest north I've gone is Imperial Dam. Are you bank beating? Yeah. You have a boat? Oh, I got a kayak, though. Guess I'm going to take you out on the boat. Probably. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Yeah, I can get you out there in my little G3. Um, I launched from Fisher's, I launched Mitri, I launched Betty's Kitchen. Um, Betty's Kitchen has been absolutely great lately, so... Uh, oh, yeah, I gotta check that out. I've been wanting to take the kayak out and do some fishing on that. We'll make a day, then I'll take you out on the boat, and then you can go out there with your kayak and go whatever direction you want. How's that? That sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. I love taking people fishing. <laughs> That's part of what I like doing with this job, man. Cause like, you know, it's almost like you're getting paid to fish in a sense, because... You're making baits, you're selling baits, you make a profit from that. You know? Oh, no, yeah. And then, you know, I picked up the owner endorsement to sell and carry their hooks here, so you know, there's profit in that. And plus, I wanted to make it like a one stop shopping. You get mm -hmm. your hooks and your bait here. The next thing on my list is line. And then, um. What kind of line do you prefer, mono or like braid? I use floral most of the time. I definitely use floral on my worms, my jerk baits. Um, but on my on my five inch swim bait, the little center swim bait, I definitely use I use eighty pound braid because I skip that. Mm -hmm. um, my skipping pole, I use eighty pound um, J braid, Daiwa J braid. For my flipping setup, I use fifty pound Daiwa J braid, and then for my frog, and I use thirty pound Daiwa J braid. Oh, nice. Seaguar is the floral that I use, and I use fifteen pound red label or Brazenex. So those are the brands that I like. I use and I endorse. Mm -hmm. I fully believe in um, endorsing what you believe in. Oh, yeah. Um, so I believe in my lose. I believe in my cigar. I believe in my baits. There's no doubt yeah. about that. You have to be confident in what you're using or in your, and you will catch more fish. 
Oh, I believe that too. It's like lately with me using the Whisker Seeker Tackle that Lugo provides. Mm -hmm. So far, I haven't had no issues with that stuff. Yeah, I need to get a new captor set up, so I'm going to have to go see him. I got a great reel. Um, I've got a, uh, what is that, an Akuma Trio bait runner. And I've got it on, a, on my old, my dad's old Dial of Surf Rod, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just brought that back from Kentucky when he passed away. It needed a little work, so Mike from Ironwood Custom Rods. I've heard about him. I wanted to do something with him. I haven't asked him yet. Definitely, definitely. Mike's a great guy. We've fished together in my boat a bunch of times. And um, he fixed my, uh, he fixed the eyelets on a couple of Taipans for me. And then um, he fixed that crack in my dad's dialer rod. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Mike's a great guy. Hello, guy. Look him up. Yeah, I follow him on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I asked him a few questions. I got a rod that's missing an eyelet near, yeah. near the top. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely fix that. Definitely fix that because he, he hooked my tight fans up. That's cool. But yeah, that's that's really all the questions I got for you. And it's like, really, we right can just on. sit here and just talk, really. We can. <laughs> no, let me show you my tackle. You see all this down here? This is all filled. These boxes down mm -hmm. here are all filled though. Take this off a second. No, you're not this worried. is all the tackle I used to have on my boat. Oh wow. That's all tackle. <laughs> so I have a little bit of tackle. That's all different like top water oh, and hooks and stuff. All all the trays are labeled. Mm -hmm. Um there's 20, 25 trays there. Yeah. A couple bins. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do this winter. Maybe you can be a part of this. I've done this a couple winters with zero success. I try giving tackle away to kids. Mm -hmm. um, one year through a local shop, I had to deal with give your kid this picture. All they had to do was color it. Yeah. And they get free tackle. It was this Christmas thing. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm going to build five full track tackle trays and give them away to kids for Christmas that don't have tackle. Yeah. How to do this, I'm not sure yet, because one, I'm going to make sure they don't have fishy tackle. Yeah. And that they are a needy child, you know, and I can probably provide fishing pole too or get those donated. Yeah, yeah. But I need to figure out a way to do this. And say, I could donate two poles. I got two little, like little Zepcos mm -hmm. that I have. That right on. I picked up from a customer of mine. Right on. But I work in pest control. They're... They, I asked them questions about their poles, and they're like, well, do you want them? We don't use them anymore. So I was like, sure. Yeah, and if I've been throw down on that, that'd be great. Give them away just because just I don't use them. <laughs> right on. Um, maybe maybe Mr. Lugo would like to get in. Maybe. We can ask him. Absolutely. Put a little Christmas package together for these local children through local bait makers. Yeah. I like that idea. <laughs> bait makers, tackle supply. Yeah, just those silicles. Um, I do know of a couple other bait makers. Maybe we can get them in on it, too. Just make a yeah. I, I can easily probably make fifty trays with all this tackle to give away. Mm -hmm. But let's just keep it simple and how to do it: contest, yeah. drawing, or Something. just giveaway. Something. <laughs> yeah. Something. Absolutely. What kind of gear do you use? Are you brand so, particular? Not really. I'm just Walmart stuff. Yeah. Picked up a Shimano caster the other day one of those ugly stick ones oh yeah um what else i use it's another shimano custom um i think that's all it's called just custom mm -hmm. and that's one of my main ones that i use for catfish i've given away 
in the last two years, probably 20 rod and reel setups. Um, I like, you know, tackle gets donated to me all the time because I'm in the business. Mm-hmm. When I was in the Harley business, people used to say, hey, come get these Harley parts out of my garage. I'd say, <laughs> okay, and I'd come grab them. You know, and they accumulate. Yeah. So I've accumulated all the damn tackle you see in here, and I'm not going to use most of it. So I might as well do something with it to benefit somebody else. So, yeah, I like the idea of giving away to children this year. And um, I think my two grandchildren alone probably have 13 rods between them. <laughs> Some of these rods, you know, because I take them every year to the kids' deal out at Lake Mead, mm-hmm. the kids' clinic. And, you know, uh, they're five and seven now. They're using... My granddaughter, the five-year-old, is using an open-faced reel, and my grandson's using a base ca- bait caster at seven already. Yeah. So they don't use the little Zebcos anymore unless we go pan fishing. So mm-hmm. we, I could probably scrap up a few more r- brand-new rods like those push-button Zebcos, and uh, we can just outfit these kids. Oh, yeah. So you guys listen. If you have a child in need of tackle, contact us. Get a hold of one of us. You never know what we can pull. That sounds like a pretty good idea there. I got plenty, you know? Yeah. I really do. I got so much damn tackle in here. You know, like, some of these boxes down here are, uh, this brand new shit. A lot of this is brand new. I don't know if I'd trust that line anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, you got a lot. You know, tackle trees. Yeah. I could outfit a whole elementary school right now, literally. This, this goes back to the wall. I'm never going to use it. <laughs> no, that's, that sounds like a, a pretty good idea. Just like like you said, Christmas gift things or Christmas giveaway. Uh-huh. Ah, oh, shit. What do you got there? This has got my website on it. I don't know if I should plug that or not. <coughs> so the official website for CNC Bait Co. is www.ccbaitcomerch.company.site. And my number is 928-373-8130. You can Google me. I am a registered business on Google with a full address. Uh, just make an appointment to come see me at the barn and uh, stop in and grab your supplies. That was a perfect plug there. Thank you. <laughs> now, yeah, you come up this and you search, Google search you. comes right up right there at the top. Yeah, and I, I think I have 14 five-star reviews right now. That's unbelievable. That's pretty cool. So that'll give you a map. That'll give you a phone number. That'll give you some pictures mm-hmm. and information. When I'm open, I typically keep my A-frame sign out on the road like you saw this morning. Yeah. So, Because I am in a residential neighborhood, but I am a registered business. I pay taxes and everything else. Too many taxes. <laughs> Where they really get me is the federal excise tax because I'm a manufacturer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Quarterly check I have to send out. <laughs> so that's why you do cash sales. Whoa. Carefully. Too much, so <laughs> put it over here. I try. I like I said. It's like I have that little. What is it? An Ozark Trail bait caster that I put on that Bill Dance rod uh-huh. that I have. I'll yeah. sit there and I'll, I'll flip stuff out and 
I I'm still practicing really with the bait oh, caster. Just practicing, practice, just keep practicing. You know that that first quantum my wife bought me. We lived in um. Let's say let's turn this a little <laughs> so everyone can still hear you. <laughs> Whoa, nice catch. <laughs> when um my wife and I first got together, we lived in um holiday apartments. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a grass field out in the middle that I used to go out there with a full spool and come back in with an empty spool, you know, learning to cast that thing. Yeah. And uh, I went to a few spools before I got it down, and the first time I hit the water, everything worked like magic. <laughs> so just go out in your yard and practice. Well, that's like I practice with like a little quarter ounce weight. Yeah. Just sit there and yeah. cast it out, what try not to get myself a little bird's nest. Backlash. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is an art to, to adjusting those. So just look it up for your for your particular reel. Mm -hmm. Go online. It's really easy to adjust. Well, I've set my break and everything, so I got it kind of nice. down, but it's still, it's like if I if I swing it a little too hard, it's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I still get those. <laughs> That's why I buy the thousand yard spools of, of the line, because mm -hmm. I, get, I get tired of buying the little spools and having the leftover line. I'm yeah. So I buy my cigar by a thousand, thousand yard roll. Um, and I just respooled three yesterday. <laughs> and I was from bad backlashes. <laughs> I funny. hate the backlashes. I'm, I'm horrible at picking them out, so I'll just rip it out. No, no, that's why. And it's like I had braid on mine, so I was just like, oh man, this stuff is even harder to get out. You know, I don't have too much problem with the Daiwa J braid. I, um, it's silky smooth. Um, the color lasts quite a while, but like like yesterday when I spooled up my my new J braid on my swim bait rod. As you reel it in, I always have my finger on the line for tension. Fingers are still green afterwards. And <laughs> the dye shouldn't come off quite that easily. But here's a tip for you about your fluoro and your mono. After you spool it up, your new line on your reel, boil water in a microwave, pour that boring water right on that line. It takes the memory out of your line, and it's easier and smoother casting. You won't get as many backlashes I've, or loops. I've seen a lot of that, or I see where they throw the whole spool in, and then they reel it on with it being hot i've never done that never done that i always pour it right on you know some people could say well it'd be better on the spool so you're not getting the water on mm -hmm. your reel i clean my dial or my i clean my lose by dunking them in water so as i don't worry about too much grease good and the grease yep. is a yep. good um what is it has a good water repellency yeah i uh i left the river last week and hit a mud hole and it splashed water all over my rods and reels and uh i just dunked them in the river and they cleaned right up functioned great that's what i love about my lose and they have great customer service too i've called them on three occasions needing parts and uh, only one time I had to pay and it was minute it was like twenty dollars but mm -hmm. uh i needed some parts on two other occasions and they sent them for free to me instead of charging yeah so their customer service is definitely something to, to speak about and that's why i stick with that brand no, that's cool. It's like I know my nephew; he has a couple lose reels and stuff, mm -hmm. and he so far I think he loves those. I've he was using those this past weekend. Yeah, that's when he got that carp on. And yeah, it, it came up and it was just like it was there, and he it just it turned a certain way and just spit the hook. Yeah, that's strange. That's really weird. Yeah, you want to come over and watch me make bait sometime? You're more than welcome to. Um, Today's no. Tuesday. Yeah, Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm usually out here. Sometimes on the weekends during the day. When we watch mm -hmm. make baits, man, come on by sometime. Yeah, I don't live too far away. <laughs> right on. And this has Excuse been fun. Me. I appreciate you coming over. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's really about it. Um, other than that, we'll, we'll shoot some plugs right now for anything else that you want to plug besides yourself. 
Mike Ironwood Custom Rods. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to plug 928 Flathead Blaze. Nice. Um, and then also the shirt that I'm wearing, Patriot Gear. Nice. Um, I got a code for them if you guys want to use that. It's, um, I believe it's two side 10. You get 10% ten, 10 off. Um, really good company. Share a lot of good American values. And um, yeah, that's really about it. And It's a clean hat you're wearing from them too. Yep. A <laughs> um, lot of cool cool gear that they sell and just their mission is just is awesome um then yeah that's really about it and good talking to you good talking to you ralph yeah it was a damn fun time and that's about it here we go let's see hopefully i push the right button what we have to redo it all <laughs>